good to be with you folks this evening. Appreciate that. Brother Tommy allowing me to come and be a part here at Liberty Baptist. Let me just tell you a little bit about myself and my wife. Uh, my name is Scott Netterville. My wife is Debbie. And uh, we'll be here through uh, the 23rd of this month. I want to thank uh, Brother McMurtry for allowing us to, uh, to come and work with you for a little while. Our heart is this. For the last uh, 25 years, we've uh, well, 25 plus years, we've worked in the ministry and uh, have done everything from a bus uh, director to Sunday school superintendent to associate pastor, assistant pastor, and pastoring. And uh, after all that time, we've always been most of the time in, in small churches, and uh, you know, we just really ha- have a heart for small churches, and this is the reason why, first, uh, folks, our nation is in trouble. Mm-hmm. It really is. I, I mean, uh, I think most folks in fundamental Baptist churches look at the government that we have today and are uh, in disagreement with what's going on in our nation as far as the administration is concerned. But folks, that's not really the problem. The problem is a spiritual problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is with with uh, you forgive me now. The problems with us and with the pulpit. Yep. It, it's not a problem uh, that can't be solved right here. Amen. And, and the truth is, we want to be a part and want to be a help to uh, do this to, to help uh, start new churches. As a church like this uh, goes to an area, we want to be able to come. And to spend time, this, uh, our heart is to do this, just to uh, come and spend at least a month uh, with a new church uh, as they prepare to open, to be able to come, to uh, whether it's uh, uh, going out soul winning, whether it's passing out flyers, whether it's painting a, a building or cleaning a toilet. We don't care. We just want to be there to be a help, to be a servant uh, as a new church gets started. We'll do that nationwide. We're involved with... Uh, Receding Illinois. I know it helped Brother McMurtry as he started here at Liberty. Uh, Brother uh, Terry Angel uh, is my pastor down in Bourbon A, Illinois, and uh, has asked us to uh, take over that uh, ministry after uh, Brother Caleb Hansen uh, took the pastorate up in Minnesota. But we, we have a great need here in uh, Illinois. Uh, a lot of small towns without uh, a good Bible-believing, Bible-practicing church. And so uh, part of our uh, ministry will be working with Reseeding Illinois and helping to start new churches in Illinois in particular. But again, our heart is to see them started all over the country. But then to come in and help small churches. A lot of times, uh, after pastoring a a small church for the last 10 years, uh, I know it's easy sometimes to get discouraged. Down at, uh, in Pasadena where we were, the biggest family there was the Wood family. I don't know if you've met them, but if you look around, they're here tonight. And, uh, if you look, there's a whole lot of wood. I hate the Wood family. Amen. I want to see the pews filled up instead of, uh, nobody sitting there. And I, I know that's every pastor's heart. It's every member's heart. Man, to see the church full and to see services being exciting and, and we want to be able to come in and just 
uh, be a help for a few weeks and uh, going out knocking doors or really whatever the pastor wants us to do. Whether Sometimes uh, he just needs encouragement through prayer and fellowship and there. maybe give him a little time just to uh, uh, take his family and, and, and take a rest for a week or two. And whatever uh, that, uh, the pastor needs, we want to be there to be a help. Whatever the people need, we want to be there to be a help. And God's allowed us the opportunity to do that. We sold our home down the uh, uh, Houston area, uh, bought us a uh, fifth wheel uh, trailer, and you've, I'm sure you've seen our truck out there, bought us a one-ton Dodge, and we just travel all over the nation and uh, uh, work with uh, churches. And you pray for us, if you would. It's the Netterville's and Ambassador Baptist Ministries. I put some prayer cards out there, not only on the table, but in the track rack there. If you would, pick up one of those prayer cards and please pray for us that God would use us. We've had, uh, the Lord's really allowed us great opportunity. I know friends of your uh, uh, pastor, Brother uh, Jason Munkowski down in Quincy, uh, we were able to go down there and just had a great time and, and see God bless in a real uh, great way down in Effingham. We were just there with uh, Brother Jeremy Amster. Have you ever met him, Brother? Mm-hmm. And I've told Brother Jason I want to get him uh, his uh, name and number and get him hooked up with you guys, especially in that church planning thing. And so, uh, anyway, uh, we're, we're honored to be here and just want to be a help. And if there's something that we can do for you while you're here, while we're here, and you just ask, and we'll do our best to be a to be a blessing to you, be a help. All right. Uh, Acts chapter uh, 15, if you would, take your Bible this evening. Acts chapter 15. Preacher was talking about this morning, he loves the book of Acts. I do too. I, I think that's probably my favorite book in all the Bible is the book of Acts. We're going to look at Paul's second missionary journey preacher amen Amen. Uh, he had gotten back and uh, gone to Antioch then down to uh, Jerusalem and now he's back at Antioch and uh, uh, the Bible says this is where he uh, gets Silas as a partner and so I want to look at that this evening Acts chapter 15 if you would let's stand in honor of reading God's word Acts chapter 15 look down uh, if you would to verse 40 verse 41, and then we'll drop down to verse chapter 16, verse uh, 4 and 5, and read there, and we'll uh, look at the message then this evening, all right? You got that? Wave at me, say amen, do something, let me know you're there, all right? The Bible says this, Acts chapter 15, verse 40, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God, and he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. I'll drop down to verse 4 there. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for the king that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith. Now I want you to notice this. And increased in number daily. I want you to kind of hang on to that phrase if you would. He said that he established, the churches were established in the faith. And that, that, and that word established there is it. it, it it's just simply to, to solidify, to strengthen them. To, and so he, he said uh, they were established in the faith and increased in number daily. And let's pray. Father, please, 
I need your help this evening. Holy Spirit of God, as best I know how, I want to yield myself to you. God just asks you to use me. Lord, I know the message you've laid upon my heart. God, I pray that you'd take it and that, God, you'd direct my thoughts and my mind. The things that I say help me to be an encouragement. Lord, that uh, the message would be one of uh, edification to build up the folks here at Liberty Baptist. Lord, I need you. I need your power. Please. Use me, I pray now in Christ's name. Amen. You can see. I, I want to take just a series of verses tonight and build a foundation that I I really believe has crumbled uh, amongst modern day churches and, and Christians. A foundation that I, I think has to be rethought. You remember the Bible says this over in Romans chapter 12. He said we're to be transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. Hey, the, the truth is, when we were lost, we, we had bad thinking. Uh, I, I've heard preachers say it's a stinking thinking. Amen. <laughs> and we, 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 we've got to admit that in our past is that, that bad thinking. We, we don't think the way that God does. And even after we get saved, hey, the truth is, we don't immediately start thinking like God. There's a, a, a time that, man, we go through a growth that uh, God wants to take us through to get to where our minds are thinking like He thinks, where our view is like God's view. And so I, I want us to kind of catch on to that tonight, that, listen, we, we've got to rethink and, I believe, rebuild if we're going to see revival in our nation, mm. listen. If we're going to see, uh, 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 if we're going to produce some strong churches and strong families, hey, listen. You're not going to have a strong church until you build some strong families. Amen. And we need some strong churches here in America. And I, you listen to me, folks. Uh, the the uh, the the hope of America, I, I'm convinced, is not in the big churches. Which sometimes we get to looking at them, and especially as preachers, as pastors, we get to looking at the big ministries and saying, man, why, why ain't my church growing like that guy's church grew? Or why, why don't we have the numbers of people? And if we're not careful, we'll even look at other churches in our area and say, man, why aren't we like them? I mean, preacher, why, why, are they, why are they the ones that, man, their, their church is really growing and seems like we're just kind of creeping along. And, uh, and I, I'm telling you, folks, I, I think a lot of times our, our thinking is messed up. And we don't really think like God wants us to think. And we don't see things how God wants us to see them. And tonight I, I, I'm convinced that the foundation uh, uh, of soul winning has crumbled in America, and especially amongst fundamental Baptist churches. Mm -hmm. Now, we, we talk about soul women, and, and many churches go out soul women. But I'm telling you, still, we don't see things the way God sees it. And I, I hope you'll listen tonight and give me a, a, a chance to, uh, to, to help you tonight. Listen, this, this is a thing. Listen to me. And I, I see some of these young kids here tonight. Hey, wouldn't it be great if Liberty Baptist is still here when they grow up? And for one of these young men to take over as the pastor. Amen. They, hey, it'd be great if they grew up here and just take over. 
Imagine, listen to me. We, we want to build churches that, that are there generation after generation after generation, whether it's our kids or the grandkids or the great-grandkids. Hey, wouldn't it be great if we had a good fundamental Baptist church for them to grow up in, to meet their mate in, to marry in, and, and uh, uh, live their lives here so that uh, the truth is they can just keep on going for the Lord. Amen. And hey, that's the kind of church we want to see built. Amen or not? Isn't that right? Amen. And so, uh, it, it's the foundational doctrine of soul winning and how we approach this truth. The, the understanding of what a church is and what it's supposed to be doing. And I want to take the, tonight and just look at a, a few elements of an enduring church. Some elements of an enduring church. So for the next two and a half hours... We'll look at that, all right? No, y'all bring these away. We won't be here that long. Maybe an hour and a half. All right. Matthew chapter 4, if you would. Let's start out over yonder. Matthew chapter 4. Now, if you notice, I kind of have a southern uh, draw. Uh, not just a little bit, but quite a bit. And that's because I'm from Texas. And uh, I can't help it. I kind of like it, amen? So, uh, you have a hard time understanding me. Uh, just raise your hand. I'll try to straighten out what I said. All right. <laughs> Matthew chapter twelve or chapter four, verse twelve. Look down there, and we'll start reading right there. All right. The Bible says this. Now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Nathalem, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light has sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. I want to start out right there tonight, if I could. The first, look at what's going on here. Hey, and, and thank you, sir. I appreciate that. In, in Matthew chapter 4 here, we, we have... Jesus, John the Baptist, now in prison. Jesus, the Bible says, begins to preach now. He starts his ministry. Hey, what John has been doing as he's gone about preaching, John the Baptist has done this. He's just prepared a material for Jesus to start a church with. He, he's gone out. He's won folks to Christ. He's baptized them. Yet there's not a church to... Uh, uh, to to uh, be a member of. Now Jesus comes along and He tells these fellas, He sees uh, uh, Peter and Andrew there and He says, Hey, come follow Me and you'll get saved. Is that what He says there? Mm-mm. No, that's not what He says, is it? He's not calling these fellas to salvation here. He, he's calling them to come with Me and let's go to church. Hey, listen... Jesus is the one that started the church. I believe He starts it here on the seashore of Galilee. He calls uh, Peter and Andrew. We'll see real shortly after that. calls James and John. And this is what He's calling them to do. He's not calling them to salvation. These guys are already saved. He's saying, follow Me and I'll do this. We'll start a church and it'll be one that'll 
make you fishers of men. Hey, we, we've kind of got the idea today that this is what church is about. Man, we come in here, we, we sit down, we get taught doctrine out of the Word of God. We preach the Word of God. We sing songs. We fellowship with one another. And then we go to the house. Hey, can I say that's not what church is? Amen. Yeah, that's what we've kind of come to today. Amen or not? Amen. And every once in a while the preachers say, Hey, we need you to go soul winning or we're going to have a fellowship. Ain't nothing wrong with the fellowships and the teaching and the preaching and the singing and all that. Hey, that's good. But that's not the purpose. What's the purpose? Y'all help me. Uh, look, look at it there. He says, follow me and I'll do what? You fishers of men. I want everybody to help me now. What are you going to do? Fishers of men. Going to be fishers of men. Hey, that's the purpose. That's the purpose that Jesus started His church for. Listen, so that we'd be fishers of, of, of men. Listen, uh, uh, turn over to Matthew chapter 16. Here we have the, uh, uh, the founder of the church telling us, I mean, just straight out, this is the purpose, fellas. We're going to be fishers of men. Now he says this, look at chapter 16 down to verse 18. He says, And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Listen, I want you to get a hold of this now. Jesus figured Peter knows his name. Amen. Mm. I mean, Peter wasn't crazy. He he hadn't gone off the deep end or something. He he knew what his name was. Amen or not? Mm. And he know it. He knew his name. So Jesus is not telling him, "Hey, uh, uh, you're you're the one we're going to build the church on." That and the Catholics believe that stuff. That's not what we believe. We believe. He said, "Dark Peter, you're Cephas, your little stone." He says, "Upon this rock, pointing to himself." I'll build my church. And then he, he, he makes the point. He said, And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What he's saying is this, folks. That our job now as the church is to attack the gates of hell. Mm-hmm. Preacher was saying, uh, my, my pastor, Brother Angel, was saying this just uh, Wednesday night uh, in preaching. He said, listen, every time you and I go soul winning, we're on the devil's turf attacking. That's the way he sees it. Amen. Amen. We're out knocking doors, trying to tell somebody about Jesus. Man, the devil sees it as we're on the attack. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like that. Amen. Amen. He, he doesn't like for us to be out there. And the Bible says this, so, and, and I want us to get a hold of this, that the truth is, preacher, as we go, we're the ones on the attack. We're not to stand back and try to hold the gate. No, we're to attack the gates of hell. That's our job as a church. So we're to be fishers of men that are attacking the gates of getting out there on Satan's turf. Amen. Amen. Attacking. Amen. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first got saved, they used to, uh, I, I, uh, uh, in a church that, uh, it, it was a Southern Baptist church, but uh, we, man, we had bus routes and good, uh, uh, solid visitation program, things like that. And I remember some of those guys telling me, man, we're going to go out and charge hell with a squirt gun. <laughs> hey, man, I, I thought, man, that's, that's great. I mean, you know, hey, that, that sounds good, but the truth is that's what we're to be doing. 
We're, we're to be on the attack. We're to be going out and, and, and telling folks how to be saved. Listen, it, it boils down to this, folks. The church is a training station. It's a place where you and I are to come and to learn how to attack the gates. Nothing wrong with the doctrine being taught. We ought to be taught that. Amen? Mm-hmm. Hey, the Bible's clear. We ought to know sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. This is a place to learn. We ought to want to hear good preaching. Amen? Preaching that will cause us to uh, 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 be convicted by the Word of God. And then that will uh, take and cause us to form some, some standards in our life because of those convictions. And that will help us to grow in the things of the Lord. And all that's great, but that's still not the purpose. He made clear the purpose is to become fishers of men. So first, I want us to get a hold of this tonight. The purpose of the church is to be fishers of men that are attacking. Secondly tonight, if you would, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 1 there. I want us to look at this to see the vocation of a Christian. The vocation of a Christian. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1 it says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. That, that word vocation is this. It, 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 it's a calling. It, it, it's, but but it's, it's this. You, you've heard somebody say something like this. Man, that guy is just born for that job. I mean, he's just a natural salesman, or man, he's just a natural mechanic. I mean, that guy can just look at something. He never went to school, but man, he can fix anything. You ever heard somebody say something like that? Hey, listen, that, that's what a vocation is, if you will. It's this, it's a particular occupation, a profession, or a, a business. Now, I, now, look back at it. It says, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. So, the purpose of the church is to be what? Y'all help me. Fishers of men. Everybody help me. What are we to be? Fishers of men. Fishers of men. Now, so what's the vocation of the individual Christian? Fishers. Come on now. Y'all help me. I'm going to I'm I'm, I'm wait on you. <laughs> what, what is it? What's the vocation? Fishers of men. Fishers of men. Listen, well, I, I, before I got saved, I wanted to be a professional bass fisherman. I was starting to, uh, you know, fish in tournaments and stuff. Man, I, I love to bass fish. But when I got saved, man, I started catching them things. I, I used to catch them three and four pounds. Now I catch them 150 pounds. <laughs> hey, they, they're a whole lot better. Amen. Hey, listen, that's, that's our job now. That's our vocation. Sometimes we, we get in our mind... Uh, the fishing for men or soul winning is this. It's a night that the preacher says, let's go out. Or it's a day where the preacher talks about, you know, we're going to go out as a church and we're going to maybe pass out flyers or we're going to knock doors and talk to people about the Lord. Now, hey, that is not what soul winning is. Hey, soul winning is your vocation as a Christian. It's your job. It's your profession. Hey, God may use you as a mechanic, but that's just to support you. Mm-hmm. While you're a fisher of men. Amen. Amen. 
It's our vocation. It's what we're supposed to be doing. It's, it's our profession. Somehow we've gotten, uh, we, we've lost that in our mind. It's, it's not just a, a vocation to us anymore. We, we've gotten to think, well, it's something that, that, that you know, it's a particular day of the week. Man, some people go out on th- Tuesdays, some on Thursdays, and that kind of thing. No, that's not what's so winning in. It's, it's not just a Saturday, Saturday bus meeting time. So when it is our life, it's our, our profession, it's our calling now. The truth is, it, it's our business. Now, what's the command for the vocation? He says this, to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to who? Every creature. Every creature. Every creature. And that's the vocation now. It's for you and I, as Christians, to go out and to preach the gospel to every creature. That's my job. That's your job. That's our profession. Hey, listen, listen. Stop and think on this for a minute. Fellow goes to school, gets a particular brother Eric. Isn't that right? It's it's going to chiropractic college. He's doing that so that he can be in the profession of chiropractic and you don't just go out and rent you an office building get you a table and say hey y'all put up a shingle and say all right i'm a chiropractor y'all come on in (laughs) don't work like that does it man in fact you go to jail if that's what you do oh you you have to go and get prepared You, you you go to school for a while you learn what a Chiropractor needs to learn. There's more to it than just taking you in there and saying, Oh, you got a little neck ache here to me. <laughs> you know, it, 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 I've got a brother in law that's a chiropractor in uh, Bradley. Man, I, I enjoy uh, uh, free uh, adjustments all the time. That's great. And, but, but listen, he, he didn't just uh, decide one day he's going to be a chiropractor. No, he had to go to school. And a lot of times, I, I, this is the point I'm trying to get across is that, man, we get to thinking. In church, that man, we, we say to a fellow, listen, I, I'm glad you're here. I, I, we've been praying for you. Glad you're saved now and you're part of the church and, and, and you're here and that's great. Listen, you come on in and you just kind of decide what God wants you to do. Isn't that kind of what we do with people? We win them and they come in and they sit in the pew and we just, man, whatever you think God wants you. Uh-uh. That is not what the Bible teaches at all. The, the Bible teaches, hey, we are to be fishers of men. It's our vocation. Look down, if you would, Ephesians chapter 4. And, and look down, let's start reading, I believe it's in verse 11. He says this, And he gave some apostles and some prophets. Can I say now those two offices are ceased. Since, since the apostolic uh, gifts uh, ceased, since the, the completed canon of God what was uh, uh, done, then those gifts ceased. We have no need for apostles and prophets anymore. But what we do still have is this, he said, uh, uh, we have and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. What for? For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. 
Hey, what, what's the evangelist's job? What, what's my job as I come in? What's the pastor's job? What's the teacher's job? It's to do this. It's to perfect you to do the work of the ministry. Somehow we've got in our mind there, there's a, a, a separation between... Uh, there, there's two groups of people in a church. There's the, if you will, the clergy. There's the pastor or the staff. And then there's the lady folks. And it's the pastor's job, the staff. They're, they're the ones going out soul winning. Everybody else just kind of come and enjoy the benefits of their like No, that... that that's not what it says at all. In fact, it says just the opposite. It says the pastor is here. Why? To perfect you. That, that word perfect, if you will, I understand it, is to complete or mature. It, it, it's this. It's to bring you to a high level of skill. Hey, that, that's why Brother Eric is finishing school now. That's why he had to take a board exam. Because they expect him to be now at a high level of skill. Hey, if he doesn't pass the boards, don't get to practice. You can go back to school for a little while. You messed up. You didn't get something. Let's go back and try her again. Hey, my, my job, the pastor's job, teacher's job is it. What? To perfect the saints. Why? For the work of the ministry. We don't just, uh, a fella gets saved, he comes in, man, we're glad you're here. You go ahead and just sit down and, man, we, we'll be praying for you and you just kind of decide what, what it is that God has for you. Amen. Isn't that what we kind of do? Let's be honest, that's what we kind of do. Let folks come in and they sit on the pew and, and really... Uh, they can sit on their blessed assurance and don't have to do nothing. Mm-hmm. We'd be happy they're here. Hey, that's not what the church is. That, that is not what God called us to. No, the Bible says clearly we have a vocation now. That vocation is to be a fisher of men. And, and we're to be brought up to a high level of skill by some specific trainers, some folks that the Bible indicates that God called some folks to full-time service, or if you will, full-time trainers, to help us reach that high level of skill. Uh, and, and, and listen, it, the, the, turn, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. I, I want us to see where the pastors to bring us to. Second Timothy chapter two verse two. Look there. It says this, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. So, so this is the point. He, he said, listen. I, I, Timothy, Paul's writing Timothy, and he says, what I want you to do, I I want you to take and commit what I've taught you. I want you to commit it to faithful men. And I want those faithful men, you teach them, train them well enough that they can teach somebody else also. 
Alright? Let, let me just kind of illustrate if I could. Preacher, set your Bible down there and come up here. I go out, I win the preacher to the Lord, and he trains, he, he and I train him well enough that now he can go out and get somebody and, and bring them back. I want you to do that. You go get you one. Here, come here, brother. You come with me. Set your Bible down. Come on, I, I got me one. You got you one. All right, amen. Here, here we go. Now, I, my job now, your job now, you're to teach her well enough that she can go get somebody else. I'm to teach him well enough so he can go get somebody else. All right, go get you one. Y'all go get you one. Here, yeah, get you one. Come on. Uh-oh. You, you already got her. Huh? Come on, man. I'll, I'll take get you one, preacher. Come on, get you one. Come on, don't don't just stand there. Go out and get you. That's what some church members try to do. Just stand around and all this. He got him one. All right. Now your job. Get over here. Uh, now my my job's to teach her. Uh, uh, your job's to teach her. Uh, uh, your job's to teach him. Your job's to teach her. All right. Now uh, uh, now we're committing what we know. Amen. We got enough here. One, two, three, four, five. Eight of us, there's uh, just enough out there. Y'all go get you another one, all right? Hey, that's all right. You can go ahead and sit down. Hey, do you get the point? Hey, man? Do, do you get the point? Yep. The, the point is this. God's put a plan in the Bible that if the truth is we'll get back to doing what God said, then, man, we can see great things happen. But but we've gotten this mentality of this what church is. Amen. Victory in Jesus, my Savior. That's right, preacher. Amen. That's good. Hallelujah. All right. Hey, good to see you, brother. God bless you. And we're gone behind. And we might show up at the next service if our big toe went naked. Amen or not? Let's let's be honest. Hey, I saw a lot more folks here this morning. I see this evening, the Wood family's still here. I hate them rascals, but they they always seem to take over. Amen. It's, I don't know about you. I'm tired of Amen or not. Y'all tired of them guys? Let's run them out. Yeah. And God's put the plan, putting the Bible a plan. How we can run them out? The problem is we're not working the plan. We really are. We, we again. We let folks just come in, sit on the pew. We're glad you're here. Amen. And, and uh, we, we sing the songs, and and they get to watching the example that everybody sets. And can I say this? It's a bad example. Instead of following what the Bible says we ought to be doing, we follow the poor example that we've been watching. The tradition we've been watching for years. Mm. And our churches are getting empty. Mm. Amen. Amen. Hey, we, we, things aren't going to change if we're not willing to change. The, the Wood family is going to continue to take over unless we stand up and say, wait a minute, something ain't going right. Something's wrong with the way I'm thinking, the way that things are going. I, I, I've got to rethink this thing. Amen? Mm. What did he say? Be transformed by the what? Renewing, Renewing of your mind. Man, think different. Let's look at how God thinks. So the truth is, man, listen, Pastor, it's your job to train the folks. It's my job as an evangelist to come in, help train folks how to be a fisher of men. 
to, to get us thinking, man, how the Bible thinks. The truth is, it's just a perpetual circle. That's how the gospel got to you and me. Somebody else trained somebody. And they trained somebody. And they trained somebody. Until it got to you and me. Let's be honest. Right now, we're kind of falling down on the job. Amen? Now, you say, preacher, does it really work? I mean, can we... Does that thing, I mean, I know, preacher, what you're saying, but does it really work? Did it work there in Paul's time? I mean, they talked about it, we see, but did it really work? Well, let's kind of look. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Let's look and see if the early Christians really kind of believed what we're talking about tonight. Acts chapter 8, look down to verse 4. It says this about them, Therefore, they that were scattered abroad uh, over the... Remember Stephen, the deacon, had been uh, stoned to death. There's great persecution coming against the church there in Jerusalem. So the truth is, everybody scatters but the apostles. And the Bible says those folks that scattered now, look at what it said, they went everywhere. Down to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Over to doctor's office, uh, it, it, to the family, what, wherever they were, it, they went everywhere preaching the word. What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Fishing, trying to get them another one. Huh? Look, mm-hmm. Turn to chapter eleven. Let's start reading in verse nineteen under chapter eleven. Let's look at another verse. See, see, did did these guys, did the early church take the vocation and command seriously or not? Mm -hmm. Chapter 11, verse, uh, let's start verse 19. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. Well, them dirty rascals. That's kind of just holding it to the Jews. And hey, we know that's what Peter and his crowd was doing. Amen. Though Peter had been told, don't don't call them Gentiles unclean. Yet they were still just kind of preaching the gospel to the Jews. But let's go on here. Verse 20. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Now, this is what I want to do. I, I want any of y'all a good mathematician, anybody add up pretty good? Come on, somebody's gonna to have to help me now. I'm gonna stand here until somebody says, Yeah, I'll add up for you, preacher. I need to get, get, get you a pen and paper, preacher, alright? Get you a pen. And you've got to calculate it. That'll work right there, alright? So, uh, 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 listen, what what did it say there about in our text verse? Remember, Acts chapter 16, verse 5, it says this, As Paul established the church, they increased how? In number. In number daily. Thank you. They increased in number daily. It it wasn't just a day that they went out soul winning. 
It was all the time. It was their boat. Y'all get it? Mm-hmm. It was daily. They're growing. Now, let, let's take a look. Go back to Acts chapter 2. Well, that, Acts chapter 1. Let's go over there. Acts chapter 1. We, we'll get our initial numbers from here. Acts chapter 1. Look down there to verse 15. Alright? Acts chapter 1, verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, now in parenthesis, it says this, the number of names together were about 120. So preacher, there you go, we got you 120, amen? Most churches would be happy right there, amen? Mm-hmm. We, we, we'd be real happy with 120, man, that pack is building out, we'd be uh, happy and satisfied right there. Now let's see what happens. So over in chapter 2, verse 1, it's the day of Pentecost, by the way, it's a Sunday, you can do the math, figure it out. Pentecost means 50, and it's after uh, 50 days after uh, the Passover. If you figure that out, uh, we're, we're at it on a Sunday. And it says this, and the, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were, what's that next word? Oh. Everybody help me now. They were all. Oh. What? Who was there? Oh. All. Of, who's all? 120. At, at 120. That 120 is there. Alright? Preacher, you can get rid of that 120. Do this for me. Divide 3,000 by 120. Give me that number. 25. 25. Now, do this. Take 3,000. Wait a minute. I want to try to figure this. How long is it going to take us to baptize 3,000 folks? Do 120. It, well, it, it says if 120 folks were baptized, in which we don't believe that. But it does say now, look down to chapter 2 and look over to verse, uh, let's see, 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about. 3,000 souls. Now listen, if we're going to get 3,000 folks saved, if all 120 of us get involved, that's 25 people apiece. Mm-hmm. Amen? Does that seem reasonable or not? Mm-hmm. Amen or not? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the preacher got up and preached, though he did that. But now you got to have somebody work with these folks. Amen? Mm-hmm. So you got, you got, if everybody gets involved, we got 120 of them get involved. That means it. Each one of them got to deal with 25 folks. Now, I don't know about you, but that's going to take a little bit of time. Amen. Mm-hmm. Once we get them saved, the Bible says this. Those 3,000 got baptized. Amen. We were there for a while. Mm-hmm. Amen or not. We're in church for a while. Amen. Amen. So now we got our 120 and add 3,000, preacher. What do we got? 3,120. 3,120. Everybody see that? Amen. Alright, now drop down to verse 47. Let's look at what it says there. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now we got 3,120 folks. And they're adding folks daily. Now let, let's, let's be fair. Don't you think if over the next year, uh, 3,120 folks are out daily telling folks about the Lord? Honestly, we, 
we can expect 880 additions. Wouldn't that be all right? Mm-hmm. But, amen or not, y'all, y'all think? Because they're added daily. Mm-hmm. Now, add that 880. 4,000. All right. Now, you say, Richard, where'd you come up with 880? Well, I just want to get it to a round number. Mm-hmm. So I came up with 880. I think that's fair. In a year, 3,120 of us going daily, talking to folks about the Lord. I believe we'd see 880 folks. Amen or not? Everybody all right with that? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let, let's go on then. Uh, uh, Acts chapter 2. Now, we got how many now, Preacher? 4,000. Got 4,000. Uh, Acts chapter 4. Excuse me. Acts chapter 4, and let's go down to verse 4. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men was about what? 5,000. Y'all help me. What's the number? 5,000. 5,000 to our number now, preacher. What have we got? 9,000. 9,000, folks. Wow. Now we got us 9,000. And, and the Bible says this, that, that man, it, it, it was just the men. So it could have been more than that. Mm-hmm. But we know the men. We got 5,000 more. So now we got 9,000 folks. All right. Go to chapter 5 and verse 14. Let's, let's, let's follow these folks on. And the believers were more added to the Lord, multitudes. Both of men and women. Now, it, it says multitudes. Now, I, I don't want to take the time to go back, but if we went back to Matthew uh, chapter 14 and verse 15, we'd find a fish sandwich Sunday that Jesus had there. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And there was one time he had fish sandwich Sunday. We had 5,000. Another time, and he caught, the Bible uses the word multitude singular there. Mm-hmm. And another time, how many did he feed on fish sandwich Sunday? 4,000. 4,000. So we got 5,000 and 4,000. And he uses both times the word multitude, just in a singular sense. But now in verse 14, look back at it. It says, And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women. So you think we'd be safe in saying multitudes, plural, we can take that nine thousand. That'd be all right. Mm-hmm. Think that'd be that'd be fair or not? Y'all want all right? Add nine thousand. What have we got, preacher? Eighteen thousand. Wow. Eighteen thousand. Go to chapter six and verse one. We're just trying to look whether these folks really believe that what the Lord said. Trying to see whether they thought it was uh, real or not. Whether whether they had a vocation or whether His command was just something we, you know, just kind of outrageous. Alright, chapter uh, 6 and verse 1. And in those days when the n- number of the disciples was, what's that next word? Multiplied. Multiplied. Now they're multiplied. Before we just added. Now we're multiplying. So what's the least number? Let's, let's, let's be fair, alright? What's the least number we multiply by? Two. Two. So multiply by two, preacher. Now what we got? Thirty-six thousand. Wow! Thirty-six, and we just multiplied by two. And I, I don't know whether that's true or not, but I, I, I know this: it, it said that they multiplied. 
Now, let's look in verse 7, Acts chapter 6, verse 7. And the word of God increased, and the number of disciples, what's that next word? Multiplied. In Jerusalem, what's the next word? Greatly. 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 We can't just stick with two now and, be, and, and, and stay scriptural. Amen? I mean, we could have done that before. They multiplied. All right, we'll give you two. What, what do you think greatly? Come on, let, let's stretch ourselves. What do you think, ten? That'd be all right. We, we get ten out, multiplied by ten out, out of greatly. Amen? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm convinced of this. Listen. God is not into lying nor exaggeration. Amen? Isn't that right? So when it says greatly here, man, my, my mind just kind of gets boggled. But let's stick with 10. Mm-hmm. What do we got now, preacher? 360,000. Wait a minute. You can't mean that. 360,000? Just from this church in Jerusalem that started out with how many? 120. And we got what? 360,000. Turn to chapter 5 and verse 28. Let's see what the lost crowd says about these folks. Chapter 5 and verse 28. What was the lost crowd? I'm not talking about saved crowd now. We're talking about our, our detractors, those that don't even like us. What do they have to say about this crowd? Verse 28 said, saying, did we not straightly command you that ye should not teach in the name in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. You see that? He said, "Man, this is the crowd that's mad at him." He said, "In fact, he finishes the verse and intend to bring this man's blood upon us." This is the guy that says, Adam, they got him in prison. We told y'all not to preach in this name. And now look what you've done. You've filled the whole city with your doctrine. You, i, I got to go back and ask the question. You think the disciples took their vocation seriously? Mm-hmm. Do, do you think they took that command to go ye into all the world preaching gospel to every creature? You think they took that seriously? Uh, uh, Colossians. I, I just thought of on this. Uh, let's get over there. Colossians. Uh, ch- chapter 1, verse 23. Now we're not just talking about the church of Jerusalem here. Now we're over in Colossae. Paul's writing to the church of Colossae. Look, look at what he says here. Now, is God into lying and exaggeration? Yes or no? Huh? No. Alright, let's, let's see what he says. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to who? Every creature. Every creature which is under heaven. God indicated there during Paul's ministry that they reached everybody during his generation. What's the command? Going to all the world. Every nation. Isn't that what it says? 
These folks believed it. We, 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 we've got our mindset, man, if I can just reach Rock Falls and Sterling, man, we, we'd be doing... If I can just reach Whiteside County, man, well, I'll be doing great. No, you won't. It's not what he said. That's not our business. That's not the job. It's not the command. Command is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. And we've got our minds shrunk down. Yeah. Amen or not? We've been thinking wrong. And now who's winning? Stinking Wood family, that's who. Because <laughs> our vision got too small. And we started thinking, hey, it's alright for me not to be a fisher of men. It's not alright. It's your job. It's your profession. Brother, you may be a chiropractor, but that ain't your profession. And I don't mean to embarrass him, call him, I, I just know what he's doing. That's the preacher told on him, amen? <laughs> the same for all of us. We're, we're, our, our, we've got to start thinking differently. Hey, listen, these folks took that command seriously. Mm-hmm. And they did something about it. Till they filled all of Jerusalem with their doctrine. And Paul said, man, in my lifetime, we reached every creature under heaven. Is that what he says or not? Mm -hmm. And God is not an exaggerator. Paul could not have written that by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God without permission. Listen, I, I know I'm a nut. I believe the Holy Spirit of God took his hand and he wrote the words. I, I'm going to trust some man writing that book. Amen? Mm-hmm. It's the Holy Spirit is the author. And the holy men were moved. Yep. Means born along. Holy Spirit of God took his hand. He's the one that wrote that down. Wasn't Paul? God said, hey, they preached every creature under heaven. Did all of them get saved? No. Everybody you and I talk to isn't going to get saved. Let's just be honest about it. But our job's not winning them. Our job's telling them. We're not even doing a good job at that. No. How many times we pass somebody at the grocery store and never say anything? Pass somebody down to fast food place Got too much chicken grease on our hands. We can't even take a track out. Most of us. Now, please, please don't. I'm not here to chide you. I'm trying to get you to think. Most of us don't even carry tracks with us all the time, so we have the opportunity just to. Man, listen. How many y'all would say, preacher? I I get a little intimidated or or scared about telling somebody. I don't really know how to tell somebody, and so I get a little scared or intimidated about telling somebody. Anybody like that? Sure. Let's be honest. Man, go ahead and raise your hand. Let's be honest about it. We do because we haven't got the training. Amen or not? But listen, if you're scared, do this. Man, you're walking out of save a lot. 
throw the track in their bag and run. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nothing they can do about it. <laughs> they got it now. Amen. Mm. Hey, listen. Every time you go to the bank, leave one of these things in the in the little old drive-through thing. Go to the restaurant, leave one on the table. Now, if you leave a good tip, if you're not going to leave a good tip, then don't leave the drive. Church get a bad testimony about the cheapskate. You know, don't, don't do that. Amen. But we, we've gotten to where we don't even carry tracks with us. And we, we've gotten kind of small-minded. When our job, our profession, is to go into all the world, they preach it to everybody. Listen. Let me just close with this. And get you just to think. Either God is a cruel taskmaster that gave us an impossible command to fulfill of going into all the world. Or we've got to rethink what we're doing. I don't believe the problems with God. He's not a cruel taskmaster. Amen. He didn't give us something impossible to do. We just got messed up on our thinking of what the purpose of the church is. We got messed up in our thinking about what my job is. See, this is what we think. Forgive me, Brother Daniel. We think Brother Daniel and his dear wife are going to go off to Bible college. They're going to get training. And man, they're the ones that's going to do that. Oh, my God. Oh, wait a minute. God, God I, I don't know what the call is on your life, brother, but you're going off to Bible college, I'd assume God's called you into leadership. Amen. I mean, you're to be a trainer. You're, you're to learn how to train folks well enough that they can go train somebody else. That's my job. That's your job. He's not a cruel taskmaster. We've just not been reading the book right. See, the truth is, it's possible. We looked at the numbers tonight. We, we just kind of got a little sidetracked. Man, we need to get back on track. Because the truth is, we got family going to hell. Amen. Mm -hmm. We got friends out here that's headed for a devil's hell. I dare say it's not anybody sitting here tonight wants their friends or family to go to hell. There's a bunch of folks out there we don't even know that's headed for a devil's hell. It's my job to go tell them. To take the command seriously. Say, this is my purpose. This is my vocation. Hey, it's not just a night. It's not just a day that we go out. It's a vocation. Let's get back to working like we're supposed to. Let's stand our feet. Every head, yeah. every eye.